What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast, a podcast dedicated to self-development, self-improvement, and helping you achieve the goals that you've laid forth in your life. I'm your podcast host, Brandon Davis, and in today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing my new friend, Basma Algamadi. Basma was brought up in a very conservative and religious society where women's opinions and options were solely predetermined. She worked her way up from a part-time job to becoming a global leader in an oil field equipment company. After achieving all of her dreams of traveling, financial independence, professional competence, and reputation, she got to a point where she realized she can't keep aiming high for other people's dreams because no dream she ever achieves is going to help her reconcile her severe inner conflict, anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. She eventually decided to stop running away from herself and focused all of her efforts on her inner healing and self-reconciliation. It was the moment she had that sense of inner pride and peace when she decided to quit her career and dedicate her time to making sure anyone who's going through what she went through can find the information, the community, and the support that they need. Guys, today's episode is gonna be so exciting So let's jump into it. So Basma, just to kind of jump into things here, can you give the audience a little perspective on what your early life was like when you, before you started getting into this corporate world and huge hours of work and just putting your life on the line just to get a better increasing job and just try and climb that corporate ladder? What was your life like before you started that journey? Yeah, sure. So Brandon, I I come from a very conservative background and a very conservative family, probably the most conservative family in the world, and and I come like from I, I'm kind of in the in my family I'm kind of in a very weird and strange place where I'm the first grandchild, but I'm like the youngest of my uncles and aunties, and they were always kind of close to me, like similar ages, about a year or two years and three years older than I am. So I was the youngest person and the oldest person as well, which was very strange. And I think somehow that affected the way I looked at myself and the way I wanted to act in the world. And the thing I always wanted to do was to be better, be seen and be respected and be there like be an adult because I was although I was the first child the first grandchild I was the youngest of all of the people that I lived with which was about 20 people in one home and I think that is where my search to become better started um and my my mom to be very honest was a big influence on me on this she always bought, bought, like she was the one to buy the books and the courses and, and look for ways to self-help and, and be um, a better speaker, a, big, a better teacher, a better mom. She tried to provide all of the knowledge for me and she kind of set the expectations of you need to be better, you need to be good, you need to be better. And that is kind of 
was something that I I always knew I had to do. It was just who I am. Okay. And two questions for you, right? Is just off of that little first thing you're saying there. Um, the first question I want to ask you. So as many people know who listen to my show, I lived in Brazil for about a year. And while I was living there, I encountered tons of families who just like you, they had a household of around 20 people or, you know, not always a full household of 20, but a lot of people living in one house. So I want to get your own perspective. And if you can kind of paint this picture, what was it like to be living with so many people? And was that hard to kind of develop your own belief system, develop who you truly were when you're constantly being surrounded by others? And especially if you're one of the youngest there as well. And then my second question I had for you is, was that pressure from your mom? Would you consider that a good thing or a bad thing when she was just pushing you to become better and better every day? Growing up as the youngest person in the house with so many people who were always bigger than me in size and in words and in everything else, I think is very different from how um, families that are just two parents and a kid operate because I didn't just have my mom and dad as an influence. I had like 20 moms and, and 20 dads and 40 uh, older brothers and sisters. And to me as a child, I, I had too many people to impress and too many people to be impressed by, too many people to learn from. And they were not the same. I think the thing that you learn from being raised in a big family is that not everyone is the same and what someone tells you is the right thing the other person is telling you is the wrong thing and what someone believes like one what one person believes is not what the other person believes and you're always kind of if you're a people pleaser and if you're very agreeable and if you genuinely love your family like myself I I come from a family that genuinely loves each other like we love each other and we're very compassionate and we're very passionate in our love and our relationships. When that is the case, it's very difficult because you want to love everyone, but not everyone gets along. Not all the adults get along and not everyone is the same. So it's a bit of a pickle, if I'm being honest, and I'm still still trying to understand um the thing that I don't understand is that what is it like for a person to come from a household where there's only two adults? That to me is so simple. Like you just have a mom and a dad and that's it. And as you grew up with so many people, um, I bet that put a lot of strain on both yourself. Like you said, not everyone's always going to get along. And so it probably made for a very interesting situation while growing up. But what were some of the positives besides obviously you mentioning the love that was shown in your family? I'm sure there was a lot of life lessons you were able to learn that um, people like me and everyday just average Americans or heck, even other people around the world. When we just grow up with just a couple siblings, our parents, and maybe a few others here and there, it's it's got to be different. So I'm sure you learned a couple things as well that we couldn't have learned growing up. Yes. You know... The thing that I that I think I learned from the most is how different they are in their interests. So I was exposed to so many different things because each and every one of them had a different group of people that they hung out with. So I was exposed at a very like early age to the Spanish culture, the Spanish music, the Spanish 
language because one of my aunties really loved that culture and another auntie really loved the Indian culture. So Bollywood, um, Indian songs and all of that. And then there was French from the other side. And then there was really old literature, like Arabic literature, because I'm Arabian. Um, one of my uncles was really interested in this. And so you get to be you, you get to be exposed to so many different things because when, when you have so many people in your family and each one of them is trying to find themselves, they find different pieces of the puzzle of life. I'd like to think of it this way because each one of them is very different. And you get to be, you get to play with all these pieces. You get to be exposed to all of them. You get to have conversations with each and every one of them about the things that they're interested in. And that's very interesting. Now, Basma, I'd like to go back to kind of what we were talking about a minute ago. As you were growing up and as you had so many people in your house, you mentioned how your mom, she was always pushing you to become better and better. So Basma, as your mom was pushing you so hard to become better and better, what did that do to your mental state? And do you think it helped you become a better person in general? I, I actually don't think she was consciously or verbally pushing me in any way I just always felt that she wanted me to be better I just intuitively felt that she wanted me to be everything that she couldn't be I think that's um that's something that I internalized and intuitively understood so she never really pushed me and she never really um set any expectations that I didn't set for myself. So the, in the dynamic between us, I was the one that always is expressive about the things that I want to be and how big they are. And she, she was just there supporting me. But in my heart, I always knew that I needed to be better because that would make her happy, if that makes sense. So I don't think it was that she was pushing me as much as it was that I knew that she would be happy if I was better. And I always wanted to make her happy to this day. And, you know, I think that's a really good thing. I think today's society will demand that parents don't kind of encourage their children to become better. They kind of just encourage them to be their own person and to live their own life. But I love what you're just saying there about your mom. And you already described what a loving relationship your family had. And I think that's a good thing. What she was, she wasn't necessarily making you ever do anything, but she was encouraging you to become better. You wanted to be better because you wanted to make her proud. And those two things can go hand in hand. We could always make our parents or some role model in our life. We can make them proud while we're still being ourselves and while, while we're still trying to grow for our own sanity, really. So I appreciate what you just said there. I think that's a lesson we all need to learn a little bit more. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, I and I have to say, I, I do give her a lot of credit and she deserves it because even back then when I was very, uh, I think I was nine years old, that was when I first had my first existential crisis. <laughs> and my mom back then was so conservative. She's changed with time, we've all grown of, and, and changed, but back then she was extremely conservative and she was very religious and I sat her down as a nine-year-old and I said, hey, mom, listen, I am having 
a crisis. I didn't know that it was called an existential crisis in that early age, but I was like, I'm having a crisis of belief and I'm having a crisis of identity. And that was a very um, difficult period in my life. But I have to give her the credit because I remember her very clearly saying, Basma, that's okay. Thank you for telling me that you're going through this. And I am not worried. She said, I am not worried about you because as long as you are looking for who you are and what you believe in, you will find that. That's so amazing. And I'm super glad that was able to happen for you. I mean, that's why I run this podcast. It's so other people can get ideas on how they can grow themselves and grow the people surrounding them. So hopefully somebody listening was able to hear that and they can apply that very specific situation into their life as well. Yeah. No, Besma, as we kind of jump over to the next portion of the podcast today, so we talked a little bit about your early upbringing and how you were always surrounded by family and trying to grow yourself. So that led you into a lifestyle of kind of hustle where you're constantly working and trying to become the best of the best. And so can you give the audience a little bit of an idea of what your background in kind of the corporate world was and all the different jobs you were working and things like that? Yeah. So I think my obsession and my hustle really started in high school. That was when I was learning how to learn and I was learning how to think. And I was very much focused on neuroscience and psychology and philosophy and my obsession was how do I learn how to learn? And that was the first thing I did. So um, I read every book I could put my hand on. I took every course I could take. Back then, courses were not really popular, especially where I come from. But I, 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 my mom actually was a great help for me. And she found a couple of courses for me. And I did them. And then I created my own course in high school. That was kind of my first unofficial job because my fellow students asked me to help them because they could see that I was improving in the way that I organize myself, the way I think, the way I study, the way I plan my university um, uh, applications and all of that. So they asked for my help and I created my first course for them. And I I gave, I, I remember the two weeks that I did the course and I helped my fellow students and I coached them through the way they think, the way they feel, how to believe in themselves, how to organize their lives. And that gave me so much power and it gave me so much inspiration of the person that I wanted to become. But then I needed to apply for university and my options were very, very limited because of where I, where I was and because of what my family allowed and what my traditions allowed. So I needed to put all of my dreams on hold. And I had to look into what is available. Okay, what are my only options? And I chose that. And I went to university and I finished that. And I was like, okay, what is available to me now as a job? And I did that. And while I was in university for five years, I did every single part-time job I could put my hand on. I remember my mom actually having a laugh with her friends and she was like, Basma's going to take any job. And if she didn't find anything, she's going to clean the streets for free. <laughs> like that was my kind of personality. I wanted to try everything and do everything. So I had a part-time teaching. 
Um, I did volunteering. I did uh, team leading in the uh, summer camps. Everything and anything that was available, I wanted to do because I wanted to try everything. And then when I graduated, I applied for a few jobs. I didn't get any of them. But then I got a call about an internship in the oil and gas industry. And that's not something that my background is in, in any way, shape or form. So I went to the interview and the guy that interviewed me looked at me with that look that, like, what are you doing here? Like, you can't do this. You can't do this. And I remember that is the, where, my, where that phase of my life started. In the beginning, I was doing the only thing that I could do. But then I started doing the things that people told me I couldn't do just to prove them wrong. <laughs> that is how I started my career. It's like, you can't take this internship. It's a field service in internship and you're a woman and you're Arabian. You can't do this. So I took it and I did it and I did a good job. And then it was the second job and it was the other job. And every time someone told me I can't do that, I just went ahead and I proved them wrong and I did it. So a question for you based on that story you were just telling me. First of all, I love the hustle. I love how you were showing people that they couldn't tell you who was boss. You showed them who was boss. So like I said, props to you. But second off, did you ever feel like you were kind of just working just to prove people wrong, not necessarily doing something that you wanted to do or that brought you joy or happiness, but you were just doing it just to kind of prove people wrong? Was that ever going across your mind or not at the time? Not at the time, because as much as I was doing it to prove people wrong, it was really the best option I had. So I was climbing the ladder and I was looking around and almost all of my peers were in worse places than I was. And I knew that I was, although doing the wrong thing for me, I was doing it right it's funny that you're you're asking this because I actually just launched a course of mine today and one of the chapters in my course was about how sometimes you find yourself doing the wrong things right and that was what I was doing. It was the wrong thing for me but I was doing it perfectly. So I was climbing the ladder and I got all the way from being an intern in the business to a global supply chain leader based off of Europe's HQ, which was a dream of mine. It was a dream for any woman that comes from the background that I did come from. But then it was then that I realized that like, I, I, I here, like stop for a second. Where are you going? Where are you going? Because I was looking around and I wasn't happy with anything that I found in my life. I wasn't happy with the way that I felt about the way I think about myself wasn't happy with my self-image. I wasn't happy with the level of joy in my life. I wasn't happy with the things I had to do on a day-to-day -day basis in my job. I didn't believe in what I did. So that was when I needed to stop. And I actually took some time off. And I was thinking about that particularly. And that was when I had decided to make the change in my life. When everything around me calmed down, 
and I got everything that, and, and the, interestingly enough, no one was telling me that I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> and it was when people stopped telling me that I can't do shit that I realized that, okay, there's no, res- there's no outside resistance to me. I can do anything that I want now. What do I want to do? And I didn't have the answer to that question and that freaked the hell out of me. And I needed to find that answer for myself. I absolutely love that. And first of all, I got to say, I'm sorry that I'm happy about the time of your life where you were so stressed, but I love it because you're being truthful. There's so many of us out here that we don't know what direction to go in. We, at first, we're just trying to please people. Then we're trying to figure out who we truly are. At some points, we're trying to prove people wrong. So overall, it's just amazing to hear it coming truthfully from someone You went through every stage in the process, and then you got to the point of, okay, I proved people wrong. I did things for other people. Now it's time to find me. So I got to ask, where did you go from there? You had this amazing job, and then what, you just suddenly drop it, or what happened? They asked me to prepare a talk for the interns in the company because I was a big boss, and I was, quote-unquote, inspiring And uh, I sat down in the meeting room. The meeting room was so full that people were standing. There were no more, like not enough chairs for people to come in and sit in. It was so full. And I was telling my story specifically with details about every single thing that went wrong and everything that I did to resist it and overcome it and be better at it. And then... um, one of the guys, one of the interns, he was sitting on my left side. I remember him very clearly asking me, okay, Basma, what is in the works for you now? What is in the books for you now? What are you working on now that you've overcome all of this? What do you want to do now? And that question really threw me off because I, it was almost like I was running away from that question and it just hit me in the face. I resisted his question and I kind of was aggressive in my answer to him because he was pointing out a, a, a like he was kind of putting his finger in a wound, a wound in my body that I didn't want to see. And that was when I started thinking about this seriously that year. And I did a lot of self-reflection that year. I did a lot of retreats, a lot of meditation. And then it was in one conversation with my mom, it was a video conversation where I was telling her about all the interesting things that were happening to me. And I remember, I still remember her her face in the video and FaceTime to this day. And she was like, Basma, just stop. She just caught caught me in mid conversation. She was like, you need to do this for a living. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you need to help people get from where you were to where you are. And that was the first time that anyone told me that I needed to do something and I felt called to it instead of did it just to to spite them. (laughs) And I decided to quit my job and do that full time and just bet on myself being good at it and bet on myself enjoying it and that eventually it will pay off for me and I will feel way better than I've ever done. And today, I think this is where I am today. 
So Besma, as you had this awakening, as you talked to your mom, it brought back some of the early things you, you learned when you were younger. It brought back the feelings of helping other people, of doing something because you were passionate about it. And it brought back something that you probably knew when you were younger that you needed to do, but you just didn't understand it at the time. So how is this new journey going from you from leaving the corporate world to chasing after your own passion and chasing after something that can actually help other people? Have you found more joy? Have you found more success? What does your life look like now that you've embarked on this journey? Hmm, That's a very good question. You know, I I would be lying if I said it's all um, roses and daisies because it's not, but the thing that I can for sure say is that I have this sense of pride and the sense of fulfillment that I find in myself every day. However, it is for me, um, when I, when I quit my job and I started on my own, I don't think I've ever been as lonely as I was in that point, the first couple of months, because I went from being a leader a global leader with hundreds of people in my team to just being one person who's doing everything myself. And I went from being a supply chain leader in a very big corporate company with with a sales department and a commercial department and a shop floor here and a shop floor there and uh, a whole bunch of interns to help me do this or that and, and, and people all across the world that I can reach out to and ask them to help me with something to being a business owner who's never owned a business in my life. I've never ran a campaign online. I've never created a website. I'm not even a social media person. I don't even have social media accounts by then. I, I, I just didn't know where to start. It was lonely and it was scary and it was very painful in the beginning. It was very painful and it was a growth experience in a very painful way but along the way that there was that sense of this is what I'm supposed to be doing if you remember in the beginning of the conversation I was saying that I previously I was doing I did the wrong things wrong in the beginning my previous job was so hard and I didn't do it right in the beginning but with time and experience and effort that was dedicated to improving myself in that field, I became better and better at what I did. And then in the end, I was doing the wrong thing for me, but I was doing it right and brilliantly, and I was good at it. But when I started on my own as a coach and a therapist, and doing it online as well was very difficult for me. Um, It was very painful and very uncomfortable and I had to face parts of myself that were that I never had to face before so um, being exposed to the spotlight uh, talking about myself in the media talking about myself in social media putting up videos and audio of myself everywhere that was new pieces and bits and pieces of me that I needed to face and uh and heal because I never realized, I never had to deal with it before. I never realized that I have a problem with spotlight. I never realized that I have a problem with putting myself, my, my video out there. 
Um, and I had to deal with new challenges and new issues and new traumas that I've <laughs> found out that I had. So it was very difficult for me in the beginning. But the difference this time was that all along, I knew that, yes, this is a struggle. But since everything is a struggle, I would rather struggle on a path that I know I want to be on for a fact, for myself, for who I am. And that was the only thing that kept me going. So that was the first part. The second part is in my previous career, I didn't know how to ask for help in the beginning because I was really young when I started. And my biggest, my, my one of my biggest issues was I never asked for help. And I never wanted to admit that I didn't know something. So when I was an intern and my boss would tell me, do this and this and that, do you understand? I would say yes, even though I didn't understand a word he said. And I would pray to God that I will figure out what he's saying before the deadline. And I never did. And it always ended up being like backfiring on me. And then with time, I learned how to ask for help, how to ask the right questions, how to reach out, how to draw the line and the boundaries of the things that I can do and I can't do. And in this new career of mine, I feel like everything kind of um, paid off, if that makes sense. Every single skill that I had in my previous career, I could use now. Although, although um, the challenge is still there, but I am deeply a happier person. Like I wake up in the morning with... <laughs> with the biggest smile on my face like an idiot <laughs> like I wake up and I'm smiling and I'm happy to start the day and I know that I have a new challenge and I know that I'm gonna fail setting up the the email campaign and I'm it's gonna send the same email to the same person like a hundred times but I'm learning and I'm struggling the struggle that I want to struggle instead of struggling just for the sake of it or just to spite someone and prove them wrong you're struggling because you know it's going to lead you to something that's going to bring you true happiness. You're no longer doing it for anyone else. You're doing it because you're passionate and that's what you want to achieve. That's what you want to chase in your life. Vesma, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the Get Over Yourself podcast. Everything you've said today, it's opened my eyes and I know it's going to help every single person that listens to this podcast. We're all at our own little journeys in life, but when we take principles and that and apply them from other people's lives into our own there's so much we can learn there's so many different steps we can go through to hopefully shorten our journey and learn from what other people have already gone through so thank you so much for that i appreciate it thank you brandon it really is an honor and uh yeah thank you everybody if you want to check out her website and get in contact with Besma. I'm going to leave the links down in the description below. Make sure to go check them out. And guys, I'm going to leave you the same way I leave you every single week. Just remember, it'll all be okay. Just take a step back and do what you want to do inside of your life and achieve what you want to achieve. <laughs>